Hey guys, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Rosa, and in this podcast series, I want to talk about the things that interest me, that are keeping me up, and I'm thinking a lot about. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a cult. It's called the Heaven's Gate, and it played between 1970s and 1997. So a very long time. Before I actually dive into the story, I want to make a disclaimer. This story ends with a mass suicide. And if anything triggers you, please don't continue listening to it. Because it's not fun. (laughs) So, here we go. At first I'm going to be talking about a bit about the creators of the Heaven's Gate. And then I'll dive more into the rituals and the things they did and beliefs and stuff. So let's go. Uh, The Heaven's Gate was created by Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite. Bonnie Nettles was born late 1920s and was raised in Texas. She married a businessman and had four children with him, including a daughter called Terry. She was very close with her daughter and she shared a lot of interest with her. She was a nurse in a hospital and she maintained, besides that, a fascination with astrology. Marshall Applewhite was born in 1931 and grew up in Texas too. His father served as a minister which led to a lot of moving around the states. Marshall was a smart man who was good in school. He did different kind of courses, got some bachelors, and eventually became a music teacher. He married and had two children. His marriage didn't end well because his wife divorced him because he was being accused of having an affair with a male student. Well, like in 2021, a relationship between students and teachers were also not done but back in the 1960s it was a really big deal because it was also a male student so due to this he lost his job and his marriage Bonnie and Marshall eventually meet up together in a hospital a co-worker of Marshall had an accident and needed to go to the hospital and Marshall tagged along for support When he arrived, he saw Bonnie, and the two shared a deep connection, and they believed they had met in a different life because their connection was so deep, and they could relate to all kinds of stuff. They both shared a love to science fiction, for example, Star Trek, uh, UFOs, aliens, all those kinds of things beyond the stars. Eventually, they became best friends, um, and while they met, Bonnie was still married to his, of to her husband. And back then their relationship or their friendship couldn't be labeled as an affair. But I like to believe they had an emotional affair because they shared that kind of emotional deep connection. And that they were inseparable at one point. And at the time... Uh, the husband didn't like uh, 
Bonnie having another man in her life and being close to her so eventually he couldn't deal with it anymore and he decided to divorce her and in the beginning of the 1970s Bonnie and Marshall decided to go on a road trip to find their calling to find the one thing they believed in life the thing they wanted to believe in life they went on a road trip for two whole years living in a car and doing jobs to pay food and gas along the way the things they did on the road trip weren't clear, aren't clear still. But I like to think that they were philosophizing about the unknown, about the aliens, uh, the sorcerers beyond space, and all that kind of stuff. Bonnie often sends letters to her daughter to let them know what they discovered and what they had in mind. Bonnie and Marsha believed both. That if you have done your task on Earth, a flying sorcerer would come and pick you up to travel the mo- to the most beautiful thing on Earth. They believed that they were the ones that needed to spread the word. And while they were thinking and working things out, uh, they called themselves different names to get even more closer. Uh, like a guinea pig, piggy bank. Um, T and Do. Eventually, they took the names T and Do, T for Bunny and Do for Marshall. So from now on, if I'm talking about the Heaven's Gate, um, we'll be calling Bunny T and Marshall Do. I find on this point, it's it's more like uh, a fascination between two people and doing what they love, but it also is a bit weird for me to understand and just you're making up a whole conspiracy theory and in the 1960s it wasn't that big I mean Star Trek came out and the things around aliens and UFOs and stuff came up more and a lot so I don't think they were the only ones to think about this and to create it but they've gone a little bit too far and I'm gonna tell you why Um, when they came back from the road trips they decided to hold meetings for everyone who liked to come and they actually made posters and spread them through cities uh, with mysterious things on them like UFOs and the unknown and the supernatural a lot of people were interested in these meetings and decided to come and the meetings were in vacant rooms where sometimes f- full packed with people who wanted to hear things the end over about to tell. The people who came there were uh, people who were searching a meaning for life, something they could hold on to. And in that time of period, I think it was very important to feel like you were with someone when you where you could, um, yeah where you could share your interests with the same person and just have a friendship with your beliefs. And everyone told uh, later when they, um, yeah, when the Heaven's Gate was there, it was very big, that T was the brains behind all of this and though mainly the talking and just leading the group. 
Um, Doe was actually um, talented in speaking because his father was a minister. And the things they pointed out was that he didn't blink very much when he talked. He almost talked like a salesman who sold, in this case, a story that you needed to believe. And yeah, he always knew how to play with people to let them believe it. And in their meetings, they talked about, uh, uh, talked a lot about the next level. Left next level, they seem like, see like as they is a heaven for the Christian people, for example. Um, they brought it as a chance for all those people who uh, came along with them, because if they didn't go now, they needed to wait two thousand more years. Um, because if you don't go now you will never because they already knew you won't live 2000 years so it was very weird and they made it believe they made them believe it and it was very very weird at all um to um get into the group you needed to have some of they had some rules you needed to follow and the main thing and the most red flag i notice in the story is that you suddenly need to break every single contact with family friends with everyone you knew and you hear in most cults like of any belief they always tell you to cut off your um, contacts with the outside world because like then you can be manipulated more and yeah like nowadays there are you notice when someone is cutting off uh, every contact but back then you hadn't and that that was way easier to pull people out of their comfort zone and for the people who care so they couldn't be bothered with their rituals and stuff but moving on um they wanted to protect their people the followers to the outside world to the outsiders because they were scared that they were um they would hold them back from this one opportunity so because of that uh, the people who moved uh, who followed were uh, like seven they point of they moved to a campsite in Colorado um, with Tiendo. Everyone lived there, and everyone of Tiendo told everyone that it would be a couple of months that they needed to wait to be picked up by the UFO to the next level. And the people who lived in that camp I'm gonna call it a camp because you're living in a abandoned like campsite so yeah <laughs> um the people who lived there lived an extreme life they accepted that you distanced yourself from all sorts of media you needed to quit drugs alcohol you could watch your willary <laughs> facial hair needed to be cut off and you couldn't have any form of sex or sexual thoughts sexual relationships nothing
Um, and they did go f- as far as if you were thinking about sexual things, sexual activities, they already told you that it you weren't ready for it and that you weren't ready to go to the next level. So on that, you needed to work harder. And actually, the followers asked um, other followers like, hey, could you focus on me for the day? And if I'm not doing things that would bring me closer to the next level please tell me then i'm going to work on it it was like that extreme they were so focused and they believe so in the next level that they actually needed a confirmation that they did things right and at one point every member needed to name yourself differently because um, you needed to let your whole old life go and your body the body we live in were only seen as a vehicle to complete the mission on earth and go to the next level uh, they also were labeled all as non-binary because nobody was nobody was bigger or better than anyone greater they were all equal and there was no difference between between men and women. And that's why they shaved all of the facial hair and just your normal hair. And every day they trained for their new life and had a rule of list they uh, needed to do and needed to follow. Uh, for example, they could only talk if there was a reason for it. You couldn't... Uh, touch anyone physical touching or trying to confront one another was out of the picture and that wasn't allowed Uh, also you couldn't spill anything and you couldn't overuse things like if you if there was they were cooking dinner you needed to get like that specific amount of um, spoons full of food that you can consume and you needed to eat it all because you couldn't spill anything um, that was one I was like wow and besides these firm rules um, they stayed all of the time with D&O and everyone was so patient to look at the moment um, where they eventually would be picked up for the next level Eventually, months became years, and eventually, after five years, Tiendo tell the group that it was time that they would finally go to the next level. And they waited all night for a sorcerer or the sign that they would be picked up. And they were waiting and waiting and waiting all night long until the sun came up and they weren't picked up and they all were very disappointed and T and O needed to exp- needed to tell the group why it was that they weren't picked up and T and O explained to the group that there were too many uh, negative energy and that there was a then that was the reason that they weren't there that night and they decided to change that and needed to be 
live more carefully, more strictly on the rules. And on this moment, they uh, didn't live on the campsite anymore. And they moved to little houses and everyone was living alone. Um, the followers had all jobs to support the group uh, in food and, and electricity and stuff. And they were also taught a different language to get more closely to the unknown. For example, they called a house a craft, kitchen a nutri lab, the bedroom a rest chamber, eating was a consumer, breakfast, lunch and dinner was the first, second or third experiment, your body was a vehicle and your underwear were seat covers. It's like really weird, I think. <laughs> um, and on one day in 1985, so a couple of years later, they held a meeting and it was supposed to be all a normal meeting with more explanation and thoughts where um, they would uh, tell each other how the living was going and if they had any trouble but in that meeting T and O both didn't show up and their followers knew immediately that there was something wrong uh, and it turns out there was the leader T Bonnie suddenly died um, for to them an unknown reason for T and though it wasn't a couple of months back they discovered that T had brain cancer so she suddenly suddenly died for brain cancer of brain cancer um, and the group couldn't imagine it and it was unbelievable because one of their gods was gone and even in that whole process her Bonnie's daughter Terry didn't know about the sudden illness and the sudden death from her mother and a year later though finally made a tape with an audio message to Terry and mailed it to her explaining that her mother died and Terry was devastated she only lived a couple of hours away from her mother so she really wished she, she could go to her mother and say her final words but though didn't inform her, inform her on time so it was so cruel of that man but it was yeah they couldn't allow outsiders so why should he tell the daughter of Bonnie that she was sick and Doe told everyone that uh, T wasn't actually dead he f f he told her that uh, she found another pathway to the next level so she was already there so he continued the group uh, and lead them and you could already see that Doe was ruined because uh, ruined because she he was sad that T wasn't there anymore and he had, a lot of, he had a lot of doubts if he eventually should continue the group. 
um, but he did, and you could see in his behavior and his ideas of the ways of living, he was not okay, and they were all getting worse. The ideas of Doe were that extreme that one day uh, his followers uh, found a book in his room while he was cleaning his room um, about the Hamlock Society. And the Hamlock Society was a group that supported the right to die. And in that book there were all ways of committing suicide. And that follower came up to Doe and asked an explanation. and. To come clear, Doe told everyone that he was ready and it was ready to go to the next level. And that he and his followers needed to leave their body and to go to the bigger goods. That this only could happen to go to the next level is to commit suicide. And in before that... They, it was just an idea and they were slowly building things up and eventually in, in 1997 uh, they expanded the group so they created a website on the internet uh, for m- more followers to the Heaven's Gate and till the day of today the website is still there and you can visit it I've seen the website and it's just really in the, in the vibe of nine, the 90s. That, that's one thing that's clear. But it also is full of information. And, and links. That you can buy their book. And that you actually see some videos. Um, and what kind of videos. I will tell you later. But. Um, yeah. And this worked. Because they. Gained more followers. And. Because they were expanding their group they also decided to go to move to a big mansion in San Diego and one day out of the blue Doe called a meeting um, and he needed to tell the group something really really important that he was almost ashamed of and that was that he had a wet dream. And since any sexual activity or something like that wasn't allowed, he needed to come clean as their leader. And he asked several other men if they had the same problem, so to call it. And some men said, like, yeah, <laughs> I have that too. And then he came with a proposal that every man in this group needed to be castrated, including himself. Not everyone wanted to do it. So eventually he and seven others uh, were going to the hospital and get castrated. Um, personally, if I was a man, I wouldn't think of doing that. Like... No, but that aside, in 1997, also still that same year, a comet called Hale-Bopp 
came near the earth and it was the most clearly visible comet they had ever seen. And the news told, media told everyone that there was something behind the comet that they couldn't explain what it was. So Doe came with a theory that it was the spaceship that they were waiting for all these years. So they made themselves all ready and packed for the ride to the journey to the next level. They all wore the same uniform, uh, black shirts, black pants and black Nikes. And on the shirts there was a patch on the, it with the text Heaven's Gate Getaway Team. And I read, read that this was actually a bit expired about Star Trek. So, yeah, they were pretty extreme in that. And they made themselves ready for the next level. On March 19, 1997, Doe recorded one last video of himself explaining the journey that they were about to make. The one thing they wanted for, for so long. He also made a goodbye video with all their members. And in those videos you see members saying goodbye to their family, to their loved ones. Um, and they're actually happy to die because they're going to the next level. And I've seen parts of the videos and it's like you're they making a video with like, hey, I'm coming home soon. But then like, hey, I'm gonna die soon. That's very, I can't wrap my mind about around it. And it's very weird. So between nine, uh, March 22 and March 26, uh, just a couple of days later, the group decided to carry out their plan. The mass suicide would continue. Uh, some people backed out of it. There were, uh, for what I know, three survivors, three people who backed out before, like a bit survivors. Um, they made a whole diagram where uh, they would be divided into two group, uh, three groups, two of them with fifteen people and the last uh, one of nine. And Doe was on the third and last group. On March 22 still, the first group started to... Yeah, they started <laughs> the suicide plan. They mixed a tranquilizer with vodka and pudding and they took it in. Um, and afterwards they pulled a plastic bag over their heads. So... Um, they would be go to sleep to never wake up again. And when they died, the next group uh, pulled a purple cloth over their heads. And like this, the Heaven's Gate finished their diagram in three days. The last person who died didn't have a purple cloth on it, so he needed. they must be the last person who died. In total, 21 women and 18 men died that night. And their ages would between uh, were between 26 years and 72 years old. Doe was the third last to commit suicide. 
And on March 26, one of the ex-followers decided to check the group after seeing the final video of Doe and the other members. He came to the house uh, uh, to look if everything was okay. When he, uh, he stepped into the house, he found bodies everywhere, sprawled on the floor, on bunk beds, on beds, everywhere. And while he was coming to the house, he also took a little video recorder with him and he taped what he saw in the house. Two days later, when the last group was found, he came and eventually the police too, because he called them. So that meant that the first group was already dead for almost a week. And since it is very warm in San Diego and it was a very hot day, I don't think it smelled too nice there. And I've seen the recording of the that the man made and it was so weird. They were all laying perfectly neat with a purple, purple cloth on their head with a little bag beside them. Some glasses still were on a place and it was so weird to see. Like they were just sleeping but they were actually just dead. And the body of Marshall Applewhite was found in the master bedroom along with the diagram and instructions of how they committed suicide. And later, two former Heaven's Gate members who didn't commit suicide back then tried to commit suicide later in May 1997. And one of them uh, uh, survived the suicide and killed himself later in 1998. So I imagine he told a lot of information about everything and, and how they went. And that's the end of the Heaven's Gate. Um, they the the Heaven's Gate was originally based on uh, like a religion. It was like every other religion, Catholic, Christianity, like everything, and it was so weird. I find it very weird because the the whole fact of cults is something I can't wrap my mind about because um, people who are in cults they believe in one thing really and the mostly the leader is trying to gain more followers by telling different kind of truth um, maybe even lies and I think everyone believed Doe and T um, so strongly uh, because we still don't really know what is going on in space beyond the stars. Um, for part we know there are aliens and because we knew so little back then, it was very easy for them to decide 
and what was real for them and what was not and to tell that to other people to make them believe it too so that was actually a big group and eventually it led to a suicide a mass suicide for 39 people and I've seen an interview with Terry the daughter of Bonnie who told the interviewer that if Bonnie was still alive on March in March in 1997 it all wouldn't happen and that the suicide was all those idea Marshall's idea and I I can believe I can believe that I mean if Terry was the brains behind Heaven's Gate then Doe is just the speaker and the one who can express and gain more followers so yeah um i hope you enjoyed my podcast episode um it was my first one actually so i hope you enjoyed it thank you so much for listening and i hope to see you on the next episode so thank you so much and have an awesome day Bye-bye.